1: What is going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast a rare Tuesday episode it's been a while since we've done a Tuesday show but Matt is here with me we had to I had to get some things done yesterday so we had to cut yesterday's show a little bit short so for today we're going to finish up the afternoon games the Sunday night football game Monday night football game. And then, what else? Oh, we're doing Pop Culture Corner. We're going to talk a little Yellowstone. I did not know until recently that Matt was a big fan of the show, as am I. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. We will save talking Hawkeye until next week, so that both of us will get a chance to watch it at some point in time tomorrow. So before we get on to uh, get into all of that, Matt, how are you doing on this amazing Tuesday?
2: doing okay. My wife uh, continues her hot streak of uh, calling me just as we're starting the show, even though I've told her what I'm doing. But uh, yeah, you know, last day in the office, my new Christmas shirt came. Uh, I wore the Bailey Bailey Brothers Savings and Loan shirt today, so that was a little fun. Uh, You know, you catch the people that don't know what that's from.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't know that I know what that's from. I'm trying to think, but I cannot. It's a wonderful
2: life. I'm it probably helps because it says movie. Bailey Brothers Saving Some Loan, Bedford Falls, New York.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think that I've ever actually seen that movie. i I've not watched a lot of Christmas movies. I don't I don't know why. I'm I don't like I like the time of year. I just I've never really watched a lot of Christmas. I've seen Santa. Is it Santa Claus with Tim the Allen? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen like the first one. Did you know there's three said, of those? I did not. Uh, I mean, I knew that, but I've not seen all three of them. I've seen the one. So yeah. Um, Big fan, though. big fan. Uh, but I'm sure a lot of people have not come here to listen to us talk about Santa Claus. I will say that we are proud to be part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. We all tag that as we go live. A ton of great podcasts, not just us. Other fantasy football podcasts, baseball, hockey, soccer basketball they've got it all check that out for any of your sporting needs so let's jump into it, Matt and finish up the rest of these breakdowns for week 11 and we're going to start with the 49ers as they beat the Jaguars 32-10 yesterday uh they get the big win are, are we starting to get more encouraged here by Brandon Ayuk's usage
2: yeah I mean he had seven targets actually led the team there uh Debo Samuel ends up having a, a pretty good day because he he was basically like their primary rusher. Um, Ayuk was also incredibly efficient, caught all seven targets, 85 yards, and a touchdown. We've seen a tick up. I think Jimmy G's hot streak has been good for Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. They've all kind of come back, and that's made this 49ers offense look. Like, it has a little bit of a different dimension. I am starting to believe in Ayuk a little bit more. I like this matchup this week. They're playing the Vikings. I think that those are two teams that have clawed their way back in. That could be a fun offensive game.
1: Yeah, I mean, for a guy that we all thought was going to be, like, the lead receiver on that team, it's good to see him finally getting involved there. I mean, Trey Sermon got 10 carries as well in this game, so that was, I guess, somewhat exciting to see although i imagine elijah mitchell is going to be back pretty soon so that probably to be is to back rele- this week yeah so they probably relegate sermon right back to the bench where he came uh but it was definitely fun to see him yeah i mean i the the bad thing i think for ayuk is Debo has just looked so good that I kind of feel like it's going to cap what Ayuk can do this year and probably moving forward because I don't think Debo's going anywhere I'm, unless he gets injured, which obviously we we do not hope for that. But unless he gets injured, I think yeah, Ayuk's going to be second or third fiddle for the most part because Kittle was involved a little bit there, got the touchdown. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm you know, I'm excited that he's getting more and more touches and more and more looks because I think I think it means that Kyle Shanahan is starting to trust him more and more, right? So it's, it's good for us who had who have Ayuk and we're expecting him to have a big year. Is there a Jaguar that you trust at all for fantasy this season?
2: No, you know, I saw some LaVisca Chenault stands uh, seemingly getting excited. Um, it's kind of a sad state of affairs when catching five passes for 50 yards is enough to get you excited. I was a little bit, uh, you know, on the Dan Arnold train. Dude didn't get a single target this week, um, so that was a little rough. James Robinson scores a touchdown, which helps his day look a little bit better, but really only 12 carries, 29 yards. We've talked about Trevor Lawrence, you know, 158 yards passing. He didn't throw any interceptions, only had 23 yards rushing. There just isn't enough in this Jaguars offense to really even make you confident about one person um, sadly
1: yeah the James Robinson thing kind of sucked because I mean I didn't get a chance to pay to cl- pay close attention to everything Sunday morning but last I heard he was not gonna play so I pulled him out of all my lineups and I started Dante Foreman and a couple of them so that was a little bit frustrating um, but you Although, know not that
2: big of a difference in the score sadly
1: very true very true. But uh, it's definitely good to see him out there, especially dealing with the multiple injuries. Yeah, Dan Arnold, I think, is just – it's weird. And I think you still have to trust him, though, because of how bad tight end is. But, yeah, it's – it's uh, that, that part of it sucks. And I think a lot of teams are going to start scheming for him and James Robinson because they're the best two players on that team, unfortunately, moving forward. Uh, speaking of Donta Forming, because I um, – I mean, we we already talked to Texans, so we're not going to go back to them. Do you see that they uh, they released Adrian Peterson, which I think it just means better things for Don Foreman. They just waived him, which is weird
2: because he led them
1: in carries
2: and rushing yardage last week. So I, you know, what the tech? I'm tired of trying to figure out the t- the Titans' backfield without Derrick Henry. It's a mystery. I would assume that means Jeremy McNichols is is better to play. You know, and they have. Hilliard for some reason. I, I don't know.
1: Maybe they're going to go sign our boy, Philip Lindsay, who also got released today by the Texans. So,
2: Which is clearly the Texans are like all in on Rex Burkhead for reasons for passing understanding. Hey, Maybe they are trying averages, to
1: lose. Yeah. He averages 2.2 yards a carry. That's exactly what you need for a team that's losing. Uh, the Bengals beat the Raiders here 32 to 13. Mixon comes up big. How important is he to the Bengals uh, offense?
2: I think he's a really a difference maker when Mixon is going good. He gives them another dimension because they have those nice passing weapons, but you've got to be able to take some of the pressure off Joe Burrow. You've got to keep defenses honest. He helps them grind out the clock. I think that was a big thing for them last year when they didn't have Mixon. We had thought maybe Giovanni Bernard could step in and have a big role and they never really were able to get anything going. I think, having that strong presence just makes such a difference uh, in the way the Bengals are able to play and compete.
1: Yeah. And I mean, props to him too, for, for what he's doing and, and all the fantasy managers who held on to him because it has not looked great the past couple of years, but he, he's been on fire. And I do think it's a major part of that game. It allows, it allows that offense, I think, to be able to pass the ball more because defenses can't just drop back in coverage; they have to respect him for what he's doing, not just in the run game but also in the receiving game. So, as long as he stays healthy, I think he, not only is he in for a good season, but it's going to help the Bengals' offense stay on track and continue to have a good year. Uh, the Raiders lose again. Is the wind going or is the wind going out of the season?
2: Yeah, you know, that's been the big problem in the last two years. We've seen them start strong and kind of fade down the stretch. This year, it's a little more understandable. They lost their head coach. They've had a couple of big off-the-field blows with players, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, that they've released. I admire the courage of going out there and trying to compete. I loved Derek Carr's attitude in that post-game press conference, just saying he's not good enough and they're not playing good enough to get it done. I appreciate all those things, but they are one of four teams that are 500 or better in the AFC West and one of 12 teams in the AFC that are 500 or better. That's just not going to be a recipe for any kind of an easy path. And they look lost right now. There's, The Thursday, we'll touch it tomorrow, but that Thanksgiving Day slate is going to be fascinating. I think they said it's the first time all six teams are coming in off of losses. And the morning game, you know, Detroit and Chicago may be out of it. But that Cowboys Raiders and Saints Bills at night, those are going to be four desperate teams coming in. And if the Raiders look like what they did on Sunday, I think even without Lamb and Cooper, they could be in trouble.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we've talked a lot about it on here. We, we really like the way that Derek Carr has handled a lot of the controversy, unfortunately, surrounding the Raiders this season. He's shown a lot of great leadership. I've been kind of rooting for him and the Raiders to get into the playoffs because of that. You know, last time again, the Raiders, last time the Raiders were in, it was because of him carrying that team the entire season and then unfortunately broke his leg. I believe it was two weeks before the playoffs uh, and was not able to play in that, obviously. So I, I'd love to see him get back there. Uh, but it's not looking pretty right now. And, and who knows what this team is going to be next year because I, I would not be surprised if Mike Mayock is gone as well. It might have a whole new general manager, whole new head coach, and they may not want to keep Derek Carr there. So uh, I'm very intrigued to see what happens with the Raiders um, in 2022 if they do not make the playoffs this year. The Cardinals, with their backup quarterback, beat the Seahawks 23-13. to The Cardinals get a big win without Murray and Hopkins. Are they still the favorites in the NFC?
2: Yeah, you know, I think the fact that a lot of the NFC contenders have struggled during the stretch and kept them in a tight pack has really benefited the Cardinals, who needed time to get well. They've now made it to their bye week. I fully expect we're going to see at least Kyler Murray uh, coming out of that in Week 13, and they still have the best record in the NFC. So that's been a real blessing. They've been able to weather that storm. I have my questions about them in kind of clutch important games. I think we saw that in that game against Green Bay on Thursday night was an important test that gives you pause, but, you know, we keep talking about other teams being atop the NFC and the Cardinals just keep winning and keep staying there record wise.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to give them props on the fact that they're winning without Murray and Hopkins. If it was one or the other, I think maybe you could make an argument for somebody else, but I mean, they've just been, they've been good. They lost, they lost Watt three weeks ago, I think at this point, maybe four weeks ago. Defense really hasn't lost much of a step. I mean, I really do think that they're, they're probably the top seed in the NFC. I still think the Packers are close, but losing a game like they did to the Vikings this weekend is is not great for them. Uh, So I, I think you have to say the Cardinals are the top. And, and, you know, the one thing I can, I think we can say for the Cardinals is they've really only had like one bad game. Uh, you know the Cowboys, so I think is probably a team that's up there. They've fallen flat twice, and in, in major ways in those games as well. So that, that's something to be a little bit concerned about for the Cowboys. Uh, it was another flat performance though for Wilson and the Seahawks. Should this be cause for concern?
2: Yeah, I think the Seahawks are done as a contender, even with how wide open the races are. They're three and seven now. Russell Wilson has looked awful coming back from injury. Chris Carson is gone for the year. I. You know, I'll be curious how you feel. I actually think that this is giving credence to the fact this is Wilson's last season in Seattle. There were a lot of rumors about it last year. There seems to be a bad energy there, and this franchise is really kind of stuck in an untenable position right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've been saying that for a little bit now, especially the fact that the rumors keep coming out that he's going to ask for trade in the offseason. I know he kind of, he never really, mentioned it it was more like his agent that was like oh no Russ doesn't want to go anywhere um I just I, I feel and you know I said this about Pete Carroll I think last week or two weeks ago I, just, I think his time in Seattle has kind of come too like I do think he's a great coach uh, and he probably will get another job somewhere but just feels like that team is not anywhere near what it needs to be uh, and I wonder how much of that is on him. Uh, but yeah, I would not be surprised if Russell's gone. And, and I've, I had never, I did not have this team making the playoffs anyways. It was the one team in the NFC West I had finishing last and not making the playoffs. And so far, even with that, with the Russ coming back from the injury early, it was like that's probably going to happen for them. Oh, probably the biggest letdown game of the weekend. We had, we had a lot of high hopes for this one. The Chiefs beat the Cowboys 19-9. to The <laughs> Cowboys lose Lamb and struggle. They have two games now in the next 11 days. Can they win without their starts?
2: Yeah, and hopefully both Cooper and Lamb will be back <laughs> for the second game. But the Cowboys, it's a real bummer because the Cowboys usually are really good on Thanksgiving Day at home. They like playing that game. And to be rolling out there without their top two receivers, it's also a concern. I think a bigger concern might be watching the status of Ezekiel Elliott and Tyron Smith because it wasn't just the receivers that they lost. They lost pieces on the line. They couldn't get a running game going. And when Dallas isn't running well, that really spells some trouble. I thought their defense played pretty well. I mean, held them in there against a tough Kansas city team. It was a close game throughout, but uh, it was definitely a huge fantasy bummer.
1: Yeah. I mean, the fact that the defense uh, believed to not allow Patrick Mahomes to get a passing touchdown is a big thing. Like uh, without that defense, there's a chance this game was going to be like the new England Patriots versus uh, the Cleveland Browns a couple weeks ago in like a 41 to seven game. It it was not going to be pretty Uh, for the Cowboys uh, for Zeke. I think things are looking up. I saw a tweet earlier that he was a full participant in practice today. So that probably is good news for him uh, moving forward because they're going to likely have to lean on him a little bit with Cooper and lamb for sure. Being out the the tweet also said lamb is still in concussion protocol. So I, I, yeah, doubt I think he plays. Yeah. I,
2: I think you were right. What they said was it's, it's a five day process. So he yeah. won't have enough time to clear this week. and, the reason that they so that Sunday started a stretch of three games in 12 days for them because they play on consecutive Thursday nights so it's not a long layoff after Thanksgiving for Dallas
1: yeah i think they've done that the past couple of years i don't know why they they do that to Dallas i'm not even that big of a cowboys fan and even i'm like that's pro- that's kind of messed up that they continue to do this to the Dallas Cowboys uh the chiefs though win another tough game but what do we think about this revitalized defense?
2: Yeah, and I think that's made a uh, pretty big difference for Kansas City. We saw that the week prior. They kind of came out and held their own. Um, I didn't even think they looked too bad against the Giants, but they need – Some kind of defense and some kind of defensive pressure because it's clear that it was too much pressure on the offense to have to try to score 40 points a game. I think we've seen that at times be what's plagued Buffalo as Kansas City has turned it around here. Their offense is playing better, but it's that defense playing better, holding games closer and giving them a chance. that's made a big difference.
1: Yeah, and if that defense can continue to turn it around, we might see this Chiefs team be kind of what we were expecting them to be this year and what they've been the past couple seasons. Uh, what ended up being a really fun game. Uh, the news came out a little. I think it was Saturday, maybe it was really early Sunday morning that Big Ben would play, which which really kind of you know gave this game a little bit more excitement. And uh, they they drove down, made it a close game, but the Chargers end up giving getting a getting away with the wins. Justin Herbert has a game-winning drive uh, to win 41-37. to 37. The Steelers come up short, but show good fight. Is this the last run for Big Ben? And if so, what did the Steelers do in 2022?
2: Yeah, and I think this has come up a lot. He He definitely looked better at times, I thought, on that Sunday night game, but he doesn't look like he's the same. Um, You know, I think there was questions about whether he was even going to come back this year. Eli Manning's been out for two full seasons. Rivers retired after last season. Those are the guys he was in a draft class with. I tend to think this is his last season. And I tend to think that what we've seen is they tried to pick up Dwayne Haskins to see if there was anything there. Clearly there isn't. I don't think Mason Rudolph is the answer. It's going to be some hard questions because the Steelers have some good pieces on offense, but they're missing that, that linchpin piece. And I think also on Sunday night, we saw how important a couple of those big defenders, they were missing TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick, and they could not contain Eckler or anyone for the Chargers offense. So they, they're going to have to do something. And they're just good enough that they're not in a great position to draft
1: that person
2: unless without making some kind of a move.
1: Yeah. I mean, we saw on the defensive side of things, we saw how big that was for Joey Bosa to get cleared from COVID the, the night before being able to play (sighs) in that game helped out. Uh, The one thing I'll say for the Steelers is I know that Austin would hate this, but there is a guy that I think would be really good in the system. They tend to run for quarterbacks that I do think would fall to them. And that's Carson strong out of Nevada. And there's a lot of people who like him to be a first round pick. He, he's very much like big Ben. He he's kind of a statue back there. He's not outrunning anybody. Uh, but if they can improve that offensive line a little bit, I think with the weapons they have and Najee coming out of the backfield, he would not be that ba- bad of a fit. And I do think he would fall in the first round. I've seen a lot of, the mocks lately have not had him in the first round. There's a, enough people, at least that I respect, when it comes to breaking down players that believe he should be a first round pick. Uh, let's see here. On the Chargers' side, um, they they stand up tall and the offense looks sharp. Do you think that they can challenge the Chiefs for the AFC West?
2: Yeah, and we've already seen them um, up in the Chiefs once this season. They're going to play again, and that'll make a big difference. But they're hanging right in there. Uh, you know, I think Kansas City has a half-game lead because they haven't uh, because they're on their bye week right now. But if the Chargers win um, this week, they can move actually back into first place. And I think that's turned into a really good battle. Denver doesn't seem to have staying power, We're seeing the Raiders kind of fade a little bit. I think it's going to be those two that determine the AFC West.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they beat them earlier in the year, right? I'm not yeah, misremembering. They okay. I thought so, yeah, but so they, they have that one game, more game.
2: So, so that'll probably yeah. be kind of the important.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I think the one thing that helps out the Chargers too, is that one's at home. Like they were actually able to go in and beat them and arrowhead. So you've get a little bit of that confidence going. Uh, but yeah, that's going to, that's going to be a big game because the chiefs definitely look, as we mentioned earlier, a little bit better even on defense, that that could be a big, big game for the Chargers and possibly to win the AFC West, which is is big because you get that home game, right? You don't want to end up as a wild card right now going into somebody else's house.
2: It's really only a couple weeks away. So the Chargers have at the Broncos, at the Bengals, home for the Giants, and then they have that Chiefs game.
1: That's not an easy schedule, though. I imagine Denver probably plays them tough with the way the Bengals have been playing. I mean, the only – you would think win is going to be the Giants, so that I mean at least they get the Giants right before the Chiefs, so maybe that's, no, that's no more a more Jason bit nicer. Yeah, well, well, yeah, we'll see how good the Giants look now with 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 the clapper gone. I'm I'm very curious. Well, to, uh, Freddie uh,
2: Kitchens is now their play caller. You know, that. mixed feelings probably I, for you.
1: Well, no, I will say this: as much as I disliked Freddie as a head coach, and again, small sample size because it was only half the year in Cleveland. I feel like he did a really good job calling plays that year. Again, Odell Beckham had a thousand year a thousand yards um that year as as Freddie as a head coach and the offense looked good. I mean, they made a playoff run in the back half of that season with Greg Williams as the head coach and Freddie Kitchens was calling a lot of plays. I remember uh I don't remember the exact stat, but I remember distinctly that they were like right with the greatest show on turf Rams in like yards per play. Uh, that that back half of the season because of how good that offense looked and they have better weapons on that team. Chubb is actually playing. If a lot of people may forget, Carlos Hyde was starting most of that season then before they let Hugh Jackson go. So uh, they've got a lot of better players around him. Uh, so I, I don't, and, you know, I don't know that. Um, no, I don't know why I'm talking about the Browns. For. He's not with the Browns anymore. The Giants. I'm curious to see what he can do with them. But I actually think he could be a good uh, offensive play caller. I mean, I think he's going to be better than Garrett. I, I I don't really hate Jason Garrett, but just. Some of the stuff that he was calling, the things he was doing with those players just made no sense. They they didn't really ever seem to want to get Kadarius Toney involved. Them trying to run Saquon up the middle on what felt like every single play. Like, I just think they needed a new voice in there. And I'm curious to see what Kitchens does with them. Uh, But back, oh, well, we're going to continue talking about that game, actually, because the Giants lost. Uh, They lost to the Buccaneers 30-10. Saquon returned. What did we think of his return? And where does he sit for you the rest of the season?
2: yeah you know we knew it wasn't a great matchup the tampa bay defensive front is very stout against the run like you said not the greatest play calling yeah i love the giants they score one touchdown and of course it goes to tackle andrew thomas helping everyone's fantasy fortune
1: yeah
2: <laughs> at least saquon saw six targets he was able to catch them all didn't get a ton of yardage. i Honestly thought he'd be a touch better in his return, but it wasn't that bad. And I think he goes back to being high end RB2, low end RB one.
1: Yeah, I think you can't drop him any more than that. I mean, he even admitted today that he was still struggling a little bit coming back. He wasn't a hundred percent. I think we can give him a game or two. Plus, he's he went up against Tampa Bay, who's still one of the best rush defenses in the league. Like he wasn't going up against the Jets or anything like that. So let's cut him a little bit of slack. I'm with you. I think, you know, he's he's still likely an RB1. At worst, the high-end RB2. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to be an RB1. On Tampa Bay's side here, uh, they get the big win. We saw Ronald Jones more involved. Do you think that this is a sign of things to come?
2: Yeah, I thought that was really frustrating because just about the time you're feeling good that Leonard Fournette is the guy and potentially a top-12 option, They not only put Ronald Jones in there, he's the one that gets the touchdown. I don't know what to make of it. Um, It has seemed like for several weeks that he's sort of been in Bruce Arians' doghouse. I don't know if they're coming back. What's got to get you a little bit nervous as a fantasy player is we're getting closer to the stretch drive in the fantasy playoffs. And if this goes from a pretty clear-cut running back situation to more of the 50-50 toss-up we saw last year, that's going to be – Tough to plan for either one.
1: Yeah, and that—that's the worst part about it. I've, I've, I have a couple of shares of Leonard Fournette, and I had been starting him because he's—he's honestly been yeah. like a back end RB one, high end RB two, and then—and seeing that last night uh, was just frustrating. I mean, it, luckily for me, at least, it didn't cost me any leagues. But it's just Bruce Arians doing Bruce Arians things. Once, you, once you, he's—you know—just like he's the Bill Belichick of the NFC. Once you think you haven't figured out. <laughs> on the running back side. He switches up. Next thing you know, he's probably going to bring Derek Ukewale, U- U- G- how the hell you say his name, back I don't and think, start him.
2: I don't think he's on their team anymore. No, but, oh, but he will be
1: soon. He's not, part but he will be. That's my point.
2: Where you could get a Giovanni Bernard 23 carry feature game, or maybe Keyshawn Vaughn comes yeah. back from the dead and gets a, something more than a kickoff return. The only thing I could think is, are they – because they're such a heavy veteran team that looks like they're going to make the playoffs in an easier game, are they trying to keep Fournette fresh? Which, from an NFL perspective, you're not upset about, but from a fantasy perspective, it's like, boy, I wish that I knew that was the strategy, you know, before I set my lineup.
1: Yeah, like even the Giovanni Bernard thing. Like, what if they used him like in two games earlier this season? The dude's been nowhere to be found. Like, they signed him? I don't know why they signed him. Yeah, it's just it's it's been a weird season for the Buccaneers, but hey, they're winning and they're trying. They're they've gone all in for Super Bowl, and that's all that matters.
2: Yep. Well, we are just two days away from Thanksgiving. Uh, that's your warning if you have not yet gotten your turkey out of the freezer. Now might be the time to do that, uh, unless you enjoy cold meat on Thanksgiving Day. But this Thanksgiving, you can be thankful for family, food, and free bets. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a turkey day no-brainer you can't miss. New customers can bet just one dollar on any Thanksgiving Day game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. So I would suggest betting on the latter two games, but any of those games should return for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the Thanksgiving NFL action, make your first deposit and you can play for millions in free bets with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN, bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this Thanksgiving at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLING.
1: All right. And continuing with the housekeeping here, come get yourself some of the Fantasy Football Roundtable merchandise. Just in time for the holidays, get your Fantasy Football gear at ViridianGlobal.com. We've got snapback hats, trucker hats, T-shirts, the... Uh, Wow, that what are they called? They're not Three called Raglis. No, what are yeah. they called? They're called Henleys, Henleys, Henleys. The the baseball henleys. That's what uh at least that's what I call. Uh and my favorite, the hoodies, all adorned with our fantasy football round table logo. Get 10% fantasy football round table gear this year, this week with our black Friday code round table. You can check that out again at Viridian Global.com. Go to the collections and search for fantasy football round table and use code round table, all one word for 10% off. Um, and Viridian's, product is is amazing i have a bunch of. i'm actually wearing one of their other ones right now i've got the destination Devi stuff campus canton stuff we've got a couple of the round table shirts as well great quality feels amazing i need to get myself some of the sweatshirt so i don't have a sweatshirt yet that's probably got to no, be the i guess we're in winter Texas. so you know yeah. but it's actually been it like 30 degrees to a, this a frigid morning
2: frigid 60 degrees so i wish
1: it was it's been 30 degrees in the morning i think we're supposed to get a cold front you know, the we're going to have a cold well. front tomorrow. So you probably get it. Yeah. I think it's you're on Thursday. the like,
2: day, day and a half after. We're supposed to. Today yeah. is beautiful. It was 70 degrees. And they said tomorrow it's going to snow. I'm like, yep. That's about right.
1: Yeah. I think the this morning it was 30, but then it's been in the 70s the rest of the day. Tomorrow, the high of 75. And then Thursday through the weekend is supposed to be like highs of 30s. And I was like, cool. So, yeah, just in time. Just in time to get that sweatshirt, I guess. I've gotta, got well, to get me one of It's those.
2: Thanksgiving. It's an indoor day. You know, usually Black Friday, don't they have some big college matchups? so
1: Oh, the whole day is college football. I cannot wait. Yeah, yeah. We're going – I don't know if you've ever heard of the Gaylord Texan. I don't I don't, I don't. know. If we're going Gaylord. to the
2: Gaylord Colorado Springs. Oh, uh, okay. So Gaylord, Gaylord Denver. I did. Gaylord I, say, I
1: didn't know if Gaylord is like big everywhere. It's massive here with like they've got a huge, very, very expensive bar. Uh, you know, we're already off topic, so I'm going like, uh, to a lot of money and a lot of good times there. Uh, very – one of my favorite places to go with Glass Cactus. But, uh, yeah, they've got a big Christmas celebration thing, so we're taking our kids yep. there this week, and I'm excited about it build your own snowman all that good stuff so
2: yeah and we're gonna go see the they have a special Cirque de Soleil show uh, oh okay nice. we're gonna go to that and they have a special elf interactive tour we're gonna take yep. that's the one day we have to lay over in Denver between um I have to go to California for visiting Lindsay's family and then my uh, you know I have to go to Idaho for a family funeral so we're in Denver yep. for one day we're staying we're hitting all those things and then going back
1: yeah, we're getting, uh, we're doing like a, I forgot what it is, like an elf hunt, a scavenger hunt, something with uh, Snoopy, and then we get, uh, they've got like I guess some kind of indoor like tubing and and sledding thing, and then we get to build your own snowman and like some massive light show they have inside. My wife really wants to do so. We'll Excited, have
2: to our, uh, Gaylord experiences in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, I will. I will, we, we can definitely do that. I mean, it's it's a beautiful hotel. I, I'm if okay. it, if it wasn't so you know made for the rich i would i would probably do that all the time but uh i did that a long time ago like my well i say well i am i guess it was kind of a long time my 24th birthday i think me and a bunch of us went out we we stayed at the gaylord we ate at the gaylord we went to the glass cactus it was rough looking at the bills the next day but it was it was definitely a an experience that i will not forget so anyways back to we're done with the football If you guys are fans of Yellowstone. (laughs) In case you you couldn't tell. Yeah, if you could not tell, we're done with football. Uh, If you guys are fans of Yellowstone and you have watched up until, until episode four, stick around. If you have not, please leave. Not that there's many spoilers here that we'll probably talk about in episode four. Not a lot of big stuff happened. I literally just finished watching it about 10 minutes before we started recording. Uh, so, but we are going to talk a little bit about that stuff again. I, I just found out the other day that Matt is a big fan of Yellowstone as am I. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about it, which surprisingly, So if you've been watching it from the beginning, because I yeah. was like, I had not, I had seen the trailers for it and I'd never really gotten into it. And then I want to say, cause I got YouTube TV like two years ago. And then last year I was sitting cause you know, COVID year, it sucked And I was sitting there, and all of a sudden I saw on Paramount, because Paramount's on YouTube TV, they're like, oh, we're doing a Yellowstone Marathon. I was like, you know what? I did kind of always want to watch that, so I just recorded the whole thing. And then I, like, binged all three seasons in, like, a week and a half, and then have been waiting a year for this season to drop. I was, I could not wait, so.
2: You're going to tell me, it's been, I think it was 18 months between seasons, and they left you with that finale where, like, everybody gets shot and or blown up. And I'm like, well, cool, 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 cool
1: yeah so let's let's go right there what did you think of the premiere it picks up virtually right after where the finale left off for season three
2: i'm glad none of them died but also at the same time a little bit surprised that that no one but i've i've said since the beginning it's um especially the way kind of the first season goes and and they have the older son who who gets killed i long felt that it was uh, the cowboy version of the godfather so what it kind of felt like was you know every once in a while when somebody would line up and take a shot and you know that when they took a shot at veto um, because you know i feel like kevin costner plays that kind of the godfather role and uh, casey is kind of michael you know and they have their own family fredo he's he's now the Jamie,
1: general. yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was about to say. I was like, you comparing it to the to the Godfather makes me wonder when are we going to get um. I know it was you, Fredo moment here uh, for Jamie, especially with some of the stuff that we're well, and that towards. was
2: that was the big thing in um episode four. We now know who who went after the Dutton family. I don't know if you yeah. caught that when he was reading the list. Who? He's yes, his his on. father. Yeah, yeah, his actual. So literally,
1: <laughs> Jamie. <Yeah.
2: laughs> Jamie's gonna end up being responsible. So that's gonna be uh, kind of a fun uh, twist. But I just I like the acting. I like the setting. That premiere picks up, you know, really hot. That first, you know, twenty minutes or so, where you know, they they go and, and they they find John and, and they pick him up and you find out what. Happened with the explosion and then Casey is going after the guys and and they have that huge shootout and, and he's able to call and they're going after his family at the ranch and everything's going on. I had almost forgotten about Jimmy throwing himself off a horse until you see his crumpled body. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that dude. I feel like the yeah. show is more invested in him than I am as a viewer. They just yeah. keep bringing him up. There better be a one hell of a payoff
1: to this storyline because they're spending so much time on it. So um, Dutton talked about that right a little bit with with he owes his his grandfather, his father, a promise. And I'm very curious as to yeah. what his father meant to him then. And, and I feel like we're going to get that payoff eventually because, yeah, they, they are spending a lot of time on. We better June get a payoff with uh, with that. Yeah. But I'm with you. I The only one I thought might have actually died was Beth. I didn't think anything was going to happen to Casey. I mean, obviously in the, in the finale of season three, all you really see for him is he flips the desk over and then they come and start shooting and it cuts it from there. You see, you see yeah. Dutton get shot. You see, obviously Beth gets blown up. I thought maybe she would die. Cause I, so I did the same thing with that that I do with all the Marvel movies. I saw the one trailer and they talk about it's time to get revenge, but you never see Beth in the trailer. And so I really yeah. thought that was going to be them kind of like, Hey, Hey, This is going to, you know, set rip off into like a whole a whole like frenzied killing spree and all this other stuff. But the fact that she survived, I guess, makes sense because she whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? Sorry. My son just walked over here. I'm just. uh, But yeah, it's i I'm glad that she didn't die because I find her very intriguing and somewhat fun character with the way that she handles things.
2: See, I wasn't as worried about her as much as I thought there was a, a low key chance that Kevin Costner. Um, it's good because he's a pretty big star and the rigors of doing yeah. episodic television, you know, it's not like he doesn't have other opportunities. And also, you know, I could have seen, it was almost a lot to believe that he survived that because he got machine gunned out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I like how they, they took some time and, and yeah. you know, they had to jump ahead and do the recovery. and uh, But it, You know, after the intensity of that, it was a. The first two aired in a two hour block, and the first half they kind of deal with all that. After the intensity of that, it's not that the second episode wasn't good, but it was sort of a letdown. And I was kind of surprised at how quickly and nonchalantly they dispatched with Josh Holloway's character.
1: Yeah, I I was not expecting that either. I, I, the fact that, I mean. What a way to go, too. Just throat was it was a rattlesnake. Just rip rattlesnake throws a rattlesnake into his, his face, face and yeah. gets bit dead. And I was just like, "Oh wow, because I'm not. So, what's crazy about that is too. When that happened, I'm thinking, okay, they somehow figured out that I thought it was him who ordered the hit, which we can well, get into in a minute. That's probably wasn't rip
2: believes yeah. that he ordered the hit, and so now you have to wonder: Is there going to be some repercussions for?
1: Well, see, so I don't. They don't <laughs> seem to care that he's gone. I mean, you have the new lady there, and I can't remember what her name is, but in, in episode four, she approaches Beth to help Mark Markwood yeah. equities come take over. Uh, they don't seem to care that he's gone. Like, I, I have not seen any mention of him whatsoever, whether what happened to him, where he's at. So I'm curious if that will have any kind of, as you just mentioned, repercussions later in, in the season. I will say, I guess the one thing that works for him is that Rip literally just threw a rattlesnake on him. He's gonna have a rattlesnake bite in the face. So they may think, oh, he was out fishing and somehow. Well, oh, I'm sure attention. they think the that he died
2: of natural causes, but yeah. It was just kind of weird Josh Holloway has a decent profile as an actor, was on Lost and stuff. I'm wondering if he didn't want to do the show or they just decided they needed to go another way. It was just a very weird after that much yeah. time was spent investing and in building his character the season prior. You hardly see him in that two hours and then
1: Yep, just right there. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Like, I thought Rip was going to go down there and try and do something and get caught by the police or get shot or something himself because he was kind of the only one who came away unscathed from everything. And then he just throws the rattlesnake in his face, and I'm like, oh, okay, so he's going to, like, torture him or something. Then it's like, oh, no, he's just going to die just like that. Okay, end, end of the episode. Cool, okay. Yeah, I was not expecting that one bit. Um, Let's see here. So, the we saw the well let's save the the hit on the Dutton's part for for the end here. We've already kind of hinted at some of that stuff. Yeah, we mentioned Casey, obviously he was in uh, his office as a livestock commissioner when they came, but they also attacked the ranch. We saw Tate have to save his mom, Maggie, shotguns a dude in the stomach. Good for him. That was a very happy moment for me cuz I thought something bad was about to happen. And God. and we see that that's clearly really affected both of them. Now in episode four, we see that Casey is kind of putting her and him ahead of his own family, ahead of the Dutton ranch, and saying, hey, let's get out of here. Let's go to let's go close to the Indian reserve. Let's kind of get you guys away from here. Do you think that he's going to be able to heal this this like riff that's going on in his family?
2: Yeah, I really hope so. I you know, I like Casey and his um Wife and I thought season three really kind of brought them together in a in a way that we hadn't you know we've seen them struggle almost since the beginning with the back and forth and you know of course remembering that at one point he, he killed her brother.
1: Which, yeah, what was that like the fourth but, episode, fourth or fifth yeah. episode into episode, season one? Yeah,
2: but. You know, I, I've enjoyed the relationship. I've enjoyed the growth of her character. She had one of the best episodes in season three when she goes undercover to catch the guy that was preying on Native American women and yeah. on that scene where he got to be there for her because he understood what it was like to, to you know, to have to be there and to do those tough things. So she's always been a really strong character. I'm sure she'll bounce back. I, I was, I thought it was beautiful too with him and his father when he said i I know how to fix it i have an idea about how to fix it but neither of us is going to like it you know and i thought we saw you know in the past kevin costner's character has been a little more upset when casey won't come and and stay and he tried to make it feel like home for them giving them the house and and kind of a realization to him that they couldn't make that home but that he needed to do what was best for his family because i think they all family is their their most important thing and i think that led to a really uh tough but honest chat between john and beth where you know she said this place is never safe which is fine for you and casey because you enjoy the chaotic but nobody else can find peace here
1: yeah Um, it was a real tough word yeah yeah i love how that 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 ended too with the whole Cause they, they have the man to man talks and obviously she is his daughter and him, her saying, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to say what she said. I just say, we need to get you a girlfriend. I'll put it the nice way of, of what she said um, was just a very funny moment. Which I'm is just weird. The Cause he
2: had God. that, he had that thing with the governor and they never really resolved that, but it just sort of.
1: Yeah. She's like, like, seems
2: just gone. Oh, right we decided now. we didn't want to do that
1: anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I think it's very interesting too with Casey because, I mean, the entire first season, he's so hesitant to come back and now he doesn't want to leave. I find that part just kind of very interesting how he's really kind of come back in and I like the fact that he's really kind of like, you know, John Dutton has wanted him, his father wanted him to be this livestock commissioner and he was kind of hesitant toward it. Now, he's really seemed to like enjoyed being part of that. I like him being that. Like, it, it seems like he really enjoys it. So I'm with you. I hope... They can because I, I like Maggie a lot as well. I feel so bad for Tate because that poor kid has just been through the ringer. Kidnapped. With, yeah, had to
2: kill a man, and he's only supposed to be what, like ten? I mean, his mom was giving him a bath, washing his hair. I'm like, oh yeah, he's not supposed to be that old.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's just it's crazy that that kid has had to go through so much. So yeah, I'm with you. I really hope because I, like I said, when that when that stuff happened on the house, uh, and we we had seen. Obviously, or no, we didn't know at that point in time that Beth had survived. Like, I really thought that they were going to hit home and and take like a couple characters in that first episode and just kind of really bring home like this is this is what happens when because well, again we the, thought it was Mark with Market or at least I thought it was Market Equities that so put that the I, hit out on. So I think
2: everybody wanted or they wanted you to think that. I also worried like the back half of the pilot. My other complaint about the second episode would be you don't see. um, his wife and Tate, I thought maybe that she left him, you know, cause Katie, yeah, so the first time I. you see Casey, when his father comes back, he's like dressed in military laying out there, like part of the grass out there. And I was like, Oh, his family left him and he ain't doing so hot. And then later it's like, Oh no, they're, they're still there. I'm like,
1: Oh, okay. Uh, so I don't want to break off that really quick, but Matt, only one of your comments came in and it says, or any other suggestions. So I'm not sure what the other, or what your question was, if you could repost it if you're still watching, because I don't. Uh, for some reason, the only thing popping up on my side is or any other suggestion. So I'm not sure what the first comment was. Uh, so let's. I guess we can dive into to the hit on that, or, or actually, let's save that for a minute and let's talk a little bit of, more about Jimmy. Uh, it doesn't seem like either one of us really cares about the journey that he's on. Um, I will mention that I do think it's kind of cool that they talked about the King Ranch because that is a massive deal down here in Texas. And he, in the, in this show, has now come down here to, as as uh, John Dutton put it, make a man out of him. And you know when he's ready to come back, he'll know whole thing. So he is now in Texas trying to learn how to be a cowboy, I, I believe is what they have him doing. Uh, do you really care about what's going on with him?
2: Yeah, that's the probably been a little bit of a struggle for me. Is um, he's never been my favorite character. There were times when I thought the story was a little bit more interesting, but they're spending so much time on it, and they've spent so much time on it that I, there better be one heck of a payoff. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not that invested, but now I kind of curious.
1: I'm right there with you, and i I see your. I see you, Matt. Give us one second. Let me finish this sentence, and we'll, we'll jump in that question. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Again, I like that they they're bringing in like different real real life big name ranches, like the King Ranch, because again, as he mentioned it, he is not joking. Everybody down here has those trucks uh, with the Kings Ranch on them. Like, it's ridiculous. So I think that that's cool that they're branching off. We saw the payoff as well. Uh, John wanting to get into horse trading, and we already saw the payoff of that at the end of episode four. So uh, I'm interested to see where that goes with Jimmy and what the payoff is, as you mentioned. So Matt asks, um, do you like the Bears defense versus the Lions or the Eagles defense versus the Giants this week? I will take actually a good question
2: i you know i'm gonna say i'm on the bears because it's looking like tim boyle is tracking to play again and i know no that uh the, campbell
1: said today that jared goff is, is likely this gonna be the starter he just said that right before I, we went on because we went i was thinking yet.
2: how sad thanksgiving is gonna be even with jared goff detroit plays better on thanksgiving day New offensive coordinator for the giants is going to want to try to go out hard. I I'm still, of those, I think why, I'm taking the yeah. bears.
1: I, I could see the Eagles having the better day because of what you just said. But I, again, I don't think Freddie kitchens is a bad play caller and I think he's going to open things up a little bit more That Jason Garrett was a very conservative play caller and he play he called plays for the offense that I don't think is what the giants are. I can see Freddie Kitchens opening up the playbook a little bit, like he did with Baker. And if that's the case, I, I actually think the Eagles might have a little bit of a game on their hands. So yeah, I'm gonna take. I would take the Bears as well. I, I just think even with Goff there, I, I think that the Bears will have a better day. Overall. Well, the
2: Giants have a better offense. They you know they have Kenny Galladay, um, you know who's, and they have. Um, it looks like Sterling Shepard may be able to come back and play. They have Kadarius, Tony, they have Saquon Barkley. I mean, they have a better
1: Mm. offense. I don't know about that either. Pittsburgh looked really good again. I mean, Los Angeles, I think the Bengals defense is better than, and than the chargers, but Pittsburgh looked good Sunday night with big Ben back. I don't, I don't know that I would trust. I'm still doing
2: bears against the lions over all those, because I think Pittsburgh has a better offense and New York giants have a better offense than the Detroit lions.
1: All right, so we discussed the Jimmy thing, and now let's jump into the hit on the Duttons. We both mentioned we thought it was Markwood Equities, who they're kind of going up against at the end. It looks like Jamie had turned against the family in the finale of Season 3. Come to find out he's actually been helping the family this entire time. Uh, With leasing the land and not selling it, Beth is convinced that Jamie is the one who has betrayed the family, a la Fredo, Uh, but it looks like it is actually his father. As as you catch at the end of the episode, he was once a prison cellmate of, I don't remember the prisoner's name. Uh, but but he was once a cellmate of the guy who supposedly ordered the hit on the Dutton's.
2: Yeah, and we remember that John was responsible for putting him in prison in the first place and taking uh, Jamie. That was kind of the big reveal last year. Jamie looked shaken when he came across that name. The question is going to be where it goes because he seemed to uh, lean into this idea that he has now his real father and has been taking that advice and trying to set that up. But you saw how moved he was when Casey came to him and told him he loved him and cared about him and told him, you know, dad asked you to do this and that you're family and how much that still means to him. That's probably what I would think a crux of this season is going to be about the battle for the soul of Jamie. You know, is he going to – go with his father and go against the Duttons who raised him or is he going to go with the Duttons and go against his birth father who's kind of popped up and tried to be in his life because certainly a showdown uh, is coming.
1: Yeah it sure looks like it you know I mentioned with you off air that and I don't know why I I just I I have a thing for like these tragic characters I, I kind of like Jamie's character I think that he's he he's very bullied upon. He is a little bit selfish, but I, I don't think that, you know, me and my wife are talking about this cause she's kind of gotten into the show a little bit. And she, we watched a little bit of the end of season three and then a couple of season four. And she didn't understand why Beth hates Jamie so much. And so I explained to her and I was like, you know, I don't, he, what he did was not like meant to be as bad as it was for Beth. In my opinion, I think he was trying to do what was best for his sister and keep her out of, you know, out of trouble and out of the local hospitals and ended up causing her something that she eventually wanted in the future. And so she hates him for it. Uh, but I'm with you. I think that's, what's going to line up to do. I think it was a really powerful moment though, for him to, because Casey clearly lied to him, but he doesn't know that, that, you know, that, you know, dad wants you to do this because he wanted Casey to be the one in there doing the interview, uh, but he told him that, and you could see, like, how proud Jamie was in that moment to be, okay, dad wants me to do this and how quick he was like, I'll do it. And, and I think that that is huge, and I think that's really going to be interesting how the rest of that plays out with him and then obviously his real father, who is staying at home, you know, at, at the new house that he just bought and how that may all add up. I, I almost wonder if that's a little bit of a a red herring though. Cause I, I don't know that his dad would put out a hit like that, that quickly mm-hmm. after getting out at, at, like that quickly out of, after meeting Jamie. And, and because, I mean,
2: it makes what, sense because really- he was agitated with John Dutton before. Remember back in season yeah. three, they had kind of that, those issues with the cattle and the border yeah. dispute. I mean, he's been agitating against John in the past. And they had that confrontation where John went and saw him in a diner and basically intimated that he would kill him. So it would actually make some more sense that that guy is the one that put a hit out on the rest of them to get rid of them so that he can control his son and probably sees it as a chance to control that fortune. Because if all the rest of them went down, Jamie would be the last man standing to inherit
1: everything. That That is true. I'm very curious to see how that, that works out with them. I don't know that he did... Um, I don't. Uh, I turned it off before we get to the previews of next week's episodes. So I don't want yeah, anything don't ruined, to So I, I don't know exactly what it seems like. It's leaning toward um, obviously them doing something with the prison thing. So I don't know if we'll find out anything next week or if they'll extend that a couple episodes. But that looks like that part at least is going to be coming to a head at some point in time. All right. So last but not least, let's power rank the top three uh dutton family the dutton family power rankings your top three characters
2: so number three for me is going to be rip um you know i just love him and and go and this this was hard because there's a big one that i i didn't make into my top three that um that i still there's so many characters i like but he ends up coming in three for me number two for me is beth um my God, she has some fantastic lines. That scene where she goes to meet with the market equities people and like <laughs> the one guy pulls away just totally revolted. Um, you know, just her her whole demeanor. It's hard not to love, and Kelly Riley does such a uh, great job in that role. And then number one for me is Casey um loved him since the beginning i liken it to the godfather you know the godfather is really the story of michael corleone i think this is really about casey i i think by the end it's it's handing off and i think he's the one that's going to end up uh in some kind of position of power
1: yeah um i'm very curious um I can't remember what his name is. I actually really like the oldest son, and I hated that he went so quickly. Like I, I really like this. Character. Like in the He's pilot. Like, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he literally died at the, I believe it was the end of the pilot. And you're just like, like I, because he clearly seemed to be one. Like I don't know that it really seems like Casey's kind of always been John's favorite, but he really yeah. seemed to, and I can't even remember his name off the top of my head. But he really seemed to to love him as well. And then, uh, but I'm with you. I think actually Beth is my favorite. Uh, just because of how, like, I, I wish I could act like her sometimes. But the, she just has no fucks to give for anybody but herself. I love that. Um, number two for me is Rip. I love them as a couple. Rip is a guy that I, I just think he, the second chance that he's gotten, and I really, like, for me, two very powerful moments, and I think it was these season two, When he agrees, I thought he was going to die when he says, you know, like he has that moment with John where John's like, you've always been like a son to me. And he, he's like willing to get up on the horse and be the guy who charges the, the trailer so that they can go save Tate. And I thought that was going to be the end of him. That was a real emotional moment for me because, you know, he, Clearly, he's grown up idolizing John as a father figure because of the way that his father was and to kind of get that recognition. And then, obviously, in season three as well, to get the approval to marry Beth, I thought was just a really cool thing. I loved those two as a couple. Uh, And then three for me is Casey because, I mean, he's... There's really not any other characters. Like, I really like Jamie, but... Like, I wouldn't put him as, like, a, a power character in there with kind of the way he is. He's a little bit of the opposite of that, but I, I love, like, the, the tragic part of his character. Uh, but, I mean, like, can't put Lloyd up there. I, I don't really like Walker. He kind of annoys me. I'm curious as to what happens with him at some point. Don't really like Jimmy. I like some of the other cowboys, but we don't see enough of them. So, yeah.
2: I feel like the show likes Jimmy more than we like Jimmy.
1: Yeah, that's probably very true. All right, so... I think oh, but we'll, you we'll last know week. it's we'll a mind. big.
2: It feels like it's a big thing for Taylor Sheridan though to cast a pretty well known actor. I, I was trying to look it up and I found it um, to play a character, and you see them, and that's part of what draws you in. And then you watch the pilot, and they're gone. I don't know if you uh, saw that show Kingstown. He created a new show called Kingstown, which uh, launched last week with Jeremy Renner. There are like four pretty famous actors that they name check as being in this. And like in the pilot, one of them's gone. And I was like, God damn it. Wow.
1: Yeah. So it's Lee. Uh, Lee is the son's name. I just typed in who are the Dutton sons and Jamie and Casey are on there. And it's Lee and Beth. So Lee has got to be the one who, who passed Well, yeah, yeah, but he is a big name actor. He's been in a lot of shows and he's been in a couple movies. So yeah, I was with you. I was kind of surprised when he, I was like, wow. Okay. Like they're, he's gone gone like first episode killed by what ends up being maggie's brother too which i was just kind of like oh wow like i was not expecting that i thought that was going to cause more issues so well yeah it did for casey casey ends up going and killing him because of that so yeah no i have not got a chance to watch that yet i want to so bad but i don't have a paramount plus yeah so i haven't had a chance to watch it yet um so last thing before we get out of here um, we did get a glimpse of 1883, the spinoff. It is the origin story of Yellowstone. It's of the Dutton family. It I, looks like before they take over Yellowstone and possibly a lo- maybe a little bit after and whatnot. Uh, what What are your thoughts on that? Curious if you're interested in it, what you think.
2: Yeah, I am interested. That's probably another reason you're going to have to go get Paramount Plus because that's going to be exclusive to <laughs> Paramount Plus too. Uh, but I also was, I, I thought it was funny the way they managed to tie it into the current, you know, because it seemed like a little bit of a non sequitur and you knew they were throwing it into the pilot for airing to the premiere of Yellowstone so that people would get hyped for the new show. I like that Tim McGraw and Faith Hill are in it together as husband and wife. Um, I saw more of an extended trailer. I thought it looked pretty good. I'll be curious to see. It looks like that's right when they were settling and forming the ranch, you know, see what that's like. But it was cool because the interaction that he has with them is with the Native American tribe, and they're there. He wants to bury his father, and he's like, sure, you can do it. Don't tell me where it is. And then it cuts you where they're trying to dig for the airport, and they find a body I 100% think it's going to be a callback to that. And I thought it was cool. They found an organic way to make that matter to the current series.
1: Yeah, I, I am as well just because I, I like the um... – <laughs> I like the series overall. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm curious as to like what, uh, because what it's Tim McGraw, right? Or who's the actor? Who's Tim McGraw? Curious as if he's going to be good at all in that. I think the only other movie I've ever seen, he's been a good actor
2: in. uh, He's he's done quite a few things where he's been good, but Sam Elliott's in this too, who's an incredible actor and really great in westerns too.
1: Yeah, there, there's a lot of decent names in this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see it, too, because I just I, I like the story. I, I want to see how the ranch kind of came to be and everything. So I will definitely give it a shot and, and see what it is. And I definitely want to check out, as you mentioned, Mayor of Easttown as well, because, I, I mean, I'm just a Kingstown. massive fan of Jeremy – Kingstown, I'm sorry. Uh, I was getting Mayor of Easttown stuck in my head with Mayor of, of Kingstown. Well,
2: so- and that's been the big joke is Mayor of Kingstown is like the – the white dude version of Mare of East Town. Oh, nice, I don't know gotcha. if it's quite, quite the same. I thought that was an unfair um, comparison, but yeah, I like, I love Jeremy Runner too. Yeah,
1: same. Uh, so. he, he's, he's an amazing actor. So yeah, I'll have to get Paramount plus just for that. So, all right. So that'll do it for us today. Matt, myself and Dennis will be back tomorrow to preview the entire week. 12 NFL slate we will probably be live a little bit later than normal. Uh, Dennis is, uh, taking his son on a university trip to the Ohio state uh, to possibly see if he wants to enroll there. So it's a big, big moment for Dennis and his son. So we're going to allow them that great father son moment. We'll go. Does live he play quarterback?
2: Cause they might, they need one of those,
1: right? I mean, they don't have any. No, see, you know what? We'll talk. We'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow, everybody. Uh, so just watch, watch the, uh, watch the Twitter page at round FF. We'll, we'll talk about it there. But until then, Everybody, enjoy the day. We'll see you guys tomorrow.
0: Prepare for
1: glory! I don't know if you got your pop on
0: Do You got your pop on there. I came like out the one line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. No one up above his head. They can't jump with me. guys. Lee. Only tackle the 40 yard Who can make a play? I can't. Who's the middle play?